0: Welcome to Thinking Outside the Box, with me, Tim Box. And me, Britt Box. We talk about all things related to mental health, emotional well-being, and how to navigate your own mind in these strange times. But we're not doctors, so please don't confuse our advice for medical advice. And even though we come at these subjects with a slightly more light-hearted approach, please don't think we trivialise any of the subjects we discuss, because we certainly don't. But we do come at it from a different perspective. Hence, Thinking Outside the Box. Okay Brit. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? I'm okay. I uh, I listened back to one of our earlier episodes the other day, just to check audio quality. Um, oh, I'm, I'm a lot more energised now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I noticed I've got my, this is my radio voice. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the show.
1: Welcome to CKGY. <laughs> all the biggest hits before midday.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: um, so, uh, I know we're going off on a tangent immediately. But immediately. Fun fact. I used to record my own radio show uh, on a tape cassette recorder. If you don't know what a tape cassette recorder is, ask somebody who's nearing 30. Um, and I used to do that in my basement uh, when I was a Amazing. kid. I had a little microphone. Um, I used to, yeah, have my own radio show. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into radio.
0: Wow. Did you have a Did you have a DJ name at all? No, I didn't. You didn't? You nope. sure you didn't? I'm sure I didn't. Feel, I feel like in the depths of my memory, <laughs> I seem to recall that you did have a radio name. Do
1: you know what? I, I regret bringing this up. <laughs> I may or may not have had an embarrassing radio DJ name that i I gave myself and I'm not going to disclose it on the podcast
0: okay, shall I disclose no, it? no carry on okay. right
1: episode 16
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay uh episode 16 if you if
1: someone, if you dm me on instagram I might tell you
0: you should At the box. <laughs> come find me <laughs> um yeah episode 16 you, you know the significance of the number 16 uh, should I no, I was hoping you had something. Oh. I've, got, I've got nothing. To <laughs> Sweet be 16. Sweet 16, there we Sweet go. Sweet 16. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, so here we are, episode 16, and the funny thing was, so last week, yes. it was Mental Health Awareness Week, it wasn't was? it?
1: Well, when we were recording this, maybe not when you are listening to it, but last week when we were recording it, it certainly was Mental Health Awareness Week.
0: Yeah, and... But on,
1: I wasn't aware of that.
0: No, I wasn't. <laughs> be, ironically, I wasn't aware until the sort of midweek, mm. when I started to notice... A lot of my channels that I follow on Instagram and things like that were putting up mental health awareness stuff. I see. Yeah, but the first point to make, I feel, is that every week is mental health awareness week, really. It shouldn't just be for a week. We should always be aware of our own mental health and looking after our mental health and also you know looking out for others around us and checking that they're okay as well. Yeah that's yeah. beautiful and that will segue beautifully into,
2: into this week's. Episode. Well this is why
0: I started. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah last week we did a mental health first aid course.
1: We did yes.
0: And it was awesome we really enjoyed it didn't we?
1: It was really good I didn't know what to expect. I am a lapsed first aider in that I've done the training several times but. um As your physical,
0: physical first aid. Physical
1: first aid yes yeah. I've, I've done I've done the physical first aid training um a few times i've even eas- i've been actually use it a couple of times which is both terrifying and very rewarding wow i bet it's
0: terrifying
1: yeah it is mm-hmm. um and uh and I've, I've i say lapsed only because in the current global situation mm-hmm. i believe my last certificate expired um before I've had a chance to go and do it again. But how long um, do they
0: last for I think
1: it's three years. Okay. Yeah,
0: because you have to remain years. current, do you want yes. so all the latest tech. Do
1: you know that? what? It's not even so much on the latest tech, it's just so that you remember it. Because, yeah. you know, you do you do a day course um and you get told all of this stuff. It's a lot of information that gets thrown at you to do yeah. a first aid course and to do a mental health first aid course as we found. So you know, it's like if I said to you, hey, that thing you did on one day five years ago, can you that's a very
2: really good point. I mean, yes. you don't
1: remember five minutes ago.
2: That's true.
0: That's true. <laughs> Where am I? What am I doing? What's my purpose? What's life? happening? Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So it, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, but I didn't. I didn't know what to expect in terms of mental health.
0: Yeah, I get you. I get you totally. Um, the thing. The thing that's worth saying. So with, with physical health, and I, and I think this was what we noticed straight away was that Andy, Andy Campbell, the guy who ran the the class, he was awesome. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. If you're listening. Um, yeah, he was making the point that it, it really correlates to physical um, physical health yes. in, in terms of physical first aid. Yes, it's, it 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 plays that part with mental health.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: and I guess what. What we mean by that is that you're not there to heal anyone or cure anyone of what's going on with them. You're there to provide support until they get the professional help that they need.
1: Yeah. So when I did my physical first aid training and anyone who's done first aid will know, one of the first things I say to you on the day is we're not training you up to be doctors and nurses. Right now, we're Mm -hmm. training you so that your job is to keep someone stable Mm -hmm. or keep them safe until professional help arrives. Yeah, and
0: I think this is the the thing that was really hammered home on the training is that don't don't kind of step outside your lane, don't try mm. and be more than you need to be. All Absolutely. you need to be at that point is a, is a point of support for people. And just to to relate it to physical uh, first aid as well. Um I always know I remember you saying um, and I think we we have a friend Silas who is um, yes who is paramedic a medic, yeah paramedic and he did a TED talk didn't he about mm. about doing something yes yeah and, and even though it's scary doing something is always going to be better than doing, doing nothing, nothing isn't absolutely it? Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely
1: even if even if you don't know what you're doing in the sense of just just being there and I find that um, I found that with the mental health first aid it was it was very much a, a similar message.
0: It was that, and this is the thing that I think as well that I got straight away was... So you hear this saying, don't you? We all have mental health. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. The thing is, it winds me up from a grammatical point of view. Yeah. And it winds you up from a mental
0: health yeah, point <laughs> of For me, it's like that's saying slightly nonsensical. Like we all <laughs> have mental health. It's a bit like saying we all have health. Which yeah. I suppose you could technically say. Technically say, yeah, that's that's correct, isn't it? Because we no. do do have a level of health. But
1: we don't say we all have health. We say, you know, we we all should look after our health. We all should be aware of our health. You know, it's yeah. it's more that rather. Okay, here's here's what it is. I think people using the term mental health as like a physical, tangible thing, like that that you that you have. Rather than just, you know, in the same way that I have two legs, you know, I have two arms, you know, but it's, it's, I have mental health. Yeah. There's another, there's a word missing there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What what might that word be? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this is the thing. So, but, but the way it was described, I thought made more sense Mm. in as much as mental health, we can be doing really well with our mental health or really badly with our mental health. If we're struggling with our mental health, it doesn't mean we're mentally ill yes it means that at the moment maybe we need to take a bit of time for us and be mindful of our mental health yes in the same way that we might say you know what i'm going to start walking or running or exercising just for my health or yeah. i might start eating better we we recognize when we're kind of we're, we're being um neglectful. Little, yeah neglectful of our physical health yeah and we need to be the same when it comes to our mental health don't
1: we yeah and i know i know we're going to come on to it but i did find i, I found it really interesting that as soon as you put um sort of the mental health label on anything sometimes it just gets it gets really serious with people really quickly yeah you know sort of i don't feel too hot today or i don't feel too great today turns into my mental health is struggling and then all of a sudden that that feels heavier yeah you know andy
0: made the point that recently he put out on his social media that he'd been neglectful of his mental health recently and he wasn't doing too well yeah and instantly he's getting loads of private messages about you okay do you need to talk you know and almost like which is great you know that people reach out and they want to they want to provide care but he said it was almost like it had been misunderstood yes as if he was saying i'm lapsing into ill health or something like that rather than oh you know what i need to pay more attention to this because we all suffer at times you know so
1: comparatively uh, i have a friend who this week um Oh, so uh, this friend hasn't been, hasn't been doing great lately, yeah. um, you know, been struggling a little bit, but put on their socials that they weren't feeling very well. Yeah. And then like two hours later, put another thing up that said, guys, it's just a summer cake. Like, I'm OK. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not everything is about, is that yeah. and it just That really, really made me laugh because yeah. it's kind of sometimes when people try and help,
0: yeah.
1: they maybe make it heavier.
0: Yeah, but I think that is like the paradox, really, isn't it? Absolutely. That you know that the people who, when you look back in your life, the people who were really in the depths and were really struggling they only really gave trace signs like yes. on their socials or when you interacted with them. Yeah. And you look back and you can see, oh, yeah, the signs were there. Yeah. But it's not like they were overt. They, no. they were those subtle comments here and there. So you kind of can understand why people in this day and age, mm. where we're a little bit more educated about this stuff, yeah. where we might think, hang on, you know what, I'm going to check in with them and oh, see yeah. if they're okay. Absolutely. You know? I
1: think as well, though, you do have it just reminds me of that there's a line in the thick of it. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned a thick of it on the podcast before, but it's one of my favourite things of all time. Um, And Ollie turns up and he says, how are you feeling? Anxious, nervous, worried. And she was like, I was fine until you said anxious, nervous, worried.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We were going to come on to that. One of the things we covered was how to have a conversation with somebody about the mental health. Not that, not like Yeah, (laughs) Without inadvertently triggering negative (laughs) mental health. But here's a question I've got on my notes here. here. Why did we do it? Well, well,
1: you said I'm doing this thing, do you want to <laughs> do, do it? And I said, all right, I'm not doing anything else that day.
0: Brilliant. I think that's, <laughs> and what, what a uh, pure motivation that was to do, to do that particular thing.
1: No, no, I, we, no I, I had been, I know a friend um, from uh, my aerial classes who posted months ago that, that she had done it. Mm. Um, and since I didn't, do you know what? I don't think I even knew it was a thing yeah. um, before that. And I saw that she'd posted about it. So it kind of been in my awareness that I wanted to look more into it. And then the opportunity came up where you said, hey, I'm doing this thing. Do you Mm. want to join me? Um, And I said, yeah. So really, you were the crux of our decision
0: here. Well, yeah, I feel, uh, yeah, I I was the inception. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what happened. Um, Some of you may know, I train practitioners in the method that I use. And one of my practitioners, Nicole Mazzucato, who, by the way, check out her podcast with Anthony Gitch. Uh, hypnotic healers, that's a really good podcast. Um, she said, I know this guy who's doing a mental health first aid course and it's actually uh, I think the way she sold it to me was he does it quite cheap. (laughs) 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 And also it wasn't it was a single day with more home study than actually classroom stuff. And she I think she knew that would appeal to me, me being sort of um not not great with the amount of time available.
1: Busy. You're you're a
0: busy man. man. Yeah, I'm a busy man. But I thought that sounds really good to me. And When I know that a lot of my practitioners obviously are interested in this sort of stuff, I thought I'd put it out to the group and see if they wanted to do it. And we had kind of half a dozen of my practitioners on there with us, didn't we? And then me (laughs) and you as well. And it was lovely to have you there as well.
1: Yeah, I I wanted to do it because um, if you're listening to this and you've found this podcast through my socials in particular, Brittany Box on Instagram, come follow me. You'll know I talk about mental health a lot. On my social media, um, purely from this, uh, per, a personal—I st- I do apologise. I have to interject here. My teeth, <laughs> my teeth are really painful at the moment. I have braces on currently. Hope I won't have them on for you know forever, but I have them on currently, and I'm struggling. I'm tripping over my words. So, I hey, do apologise?
0: They're looking good, the old yeah,
1: teeth. Yeah. Shout out to Bespoke Smile, the best dentist. Nice. Anyway, um, what was I saying that made me completely lose my train of thought now?
0: It was about teeth, I think. What <laughs> <laughs> was I so saying? Um, oh, yeah,
1: I talk about social media on my mental health. I talk social media on my mental health. Brilliant. Oh, it's going well. I talk about mental health on my social media from a personal standpoint because I am a massive advocate in the telling the truth if you're not okay you know I spent most of my life when I was depressed and I was not good just going I'm fine Mm -hmm. yeah and funny enough when you said about it's the little things that people say um when I was really bad when I was going through an exceptionally bad stage of depression Mm. um it was only a a handful of people that knew and I, I didn't it wasn't one of those it wasn't obvious with me it Mm. wasn't obvious it it was very much in the same way that you know in the confidence episode of the podcast we talked about how I look like a confident person but I'm actually quite an insecure person it's that I hide things very well and I hid it but now now I feel like I have a platform I feel like I have a responsibility to share the message if you're not okay you can just say so and as a result of me sharing my story I am I often get DMS and messages and emails from complete strangers who tell me their story. Yeah. And, and whilst, you know, I can only do so much. I'm very, very grateful for people thinking that that this is a safe space that they can talk to me. I, you mm. know, it's, I'm, I'm very honored that they feel they can message me and reach out to me about it. Mm. But I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to say the wrong thing back.
0: Yeah. This is the thing when you, when you suddenly find yourself in that position, mm. um, yeah it's worth it's worth getting a little bit educated on it, isn't it in terms of what, does, what the current thinking is yeah um, I mean so. I'd have been
1: devastated I'd be devastated if you, you can't go into life thinking I, I, I think I might say the wrong thing so I won't say anything yeah that's a bad way to be yeah. I had that after my mum died I had friends that I hadn't just didn't hear from and when I got in touch with them and I said you know I thought you'd I thought you'd have reached out to me.
2: Mm.
0: And
1: they said, I didn't know what to say, so I thought nothing was better.
0: That's it. And, and it's, often, it's often what people think. I think I've been there as well. Before I was doing this particular job, mm. anything mental health related was very much taboo because I didn't, our family don't talk about mental health. Mm. You know, it's just, it's not something that we, we regularly, you know, chat about. So Whereas seemed...
1: comparatively, my mum was a mental health nurse.
0: Well, this is quite a different background, isn't it? But, yeah. and, and so it was—it was something that I—I I regarded as a very taboo subject. And again, mm. exactly as you said, I'm like, well, you know, I won't say anything. That's going to be best, isn't it? Rather yeah. than say the wrong thing. And interestingly enough, when we talk about conversation skills and communication skills on mm. on this training. Andy was saying, the first one that they say is think carefully about what you're going to say. Yeah. And he said, I'm not so convinced by that one guideline because yes. it feels like that's going to stop us from actually conversing with Person.
1: Because you're worried you're
0: going to say the wrong thing. Exactly, and if you've got the course saying think carefully, you're like, oh God, am I thinking carefully? <laughs> am, I, am I thinking the wrong things? You know, yeah. When really, people just want to know that you're there for them. Absolutely. When, when we were talking about caring for a loved one in one of the, like, the earlier episodes, the thing we were saying is that ideally, people just need to know they've got someone who's keeping them safe. Yes. Yeah? And so that it's a, you know, they, can, they can be, they can relax, if you know what I mean.
1: Because I guarantee the saying nothing will just give the wrong impression it will give honestly and I'm I'm not saying this is kind of a this is a black and white thing this is how it is you should be scared I'm not saying Mm. it like that but by saying nothing it kind of implies that you don't care and I'm and that's not the case you know but we've had it in both of our personal lives Mm. where we've gone to people Mm. we've said we're struggling and Mm. we've kind of both been given the not the brush off, but kind of the, oh, I'm not the person to talk to about this. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah, it, that's, that's not the thing to do. You know, if someone's come to you with something, which we learn on the course, if someone's come to you with something, the best you can do is go, right, I'm listening. What is yeah. it?
0: Well, this is why we're talking about this now, isn't it? Because I think people having some, you know, some base level degree of, of mental health first aid skill mm. could, is going to be beneficial. And obviously, we're talking about this for you know an hour on a podcast. It's not like we're teaching you how to be a mental health first aider. No, here. no, no. But we're going to cover some of the points that we found interesting. We found valuable. Just because I don't know, I think we should be educated in this topic. Oh, I, I really, really love it if mental health first aid was taught in schools. Ah, because if, yeah. if, and I always say this about about what I do, it would be lovely if. We actually had lessons at school mm. that were teaching us about our emotional responses, our emotional well-being, what it all means, how we manage that. Yes. If we had that, you know, people like me probably wouldn't have a job. To be fair, because <laughs> we wouldn't we wouldn't encounter so much struggle and so much confusion as we go through life. Yes. You know? But um, I'd also
1: have a class on the realities of being on social media as well.
0: Well, I think that would very much be part of it, wouldn't it? Mm. Like, basically, you could you could teach a whole GCSE in managing your own emotional well-being because you would have all these topics covered because, you know, life is is very varied. You know, mm. it's a rich tapestry out there <laughs> and there's lots of things we've got to deal with. Um, so you can't really be over-educated about this stuff.
1: Also, you know? at the risk of sounding very controversial and someone who knows nothing about teaching and even less about children and schools, mm. I think that the current curriculum is a couple of generations behind
2: yeah you
1: know in the same way that i can remember when i was at school having it classes yeah um, and i learned i learned a bit little bit about code you know just mm. but just just scratching the surface because computers i'm not that old but computers were big and bulky and you know it was mm. it was one of those things whereas nowadays you know, there's there's more technology. So they they've kept up with teaching technology, yeah. but they've not kept up with maybe teaching, you know, the, the struggles of having all of your friends in your pocket at any one given time. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good point. You know, the world has evolved much faster than we have evolved as human beings. Yes. I was reading something the other day that was saying that our brains aren't actually equipped to cope with the amount of information we have. Are going into our minds at the moment. I can definitely back that up. Well is. we're all feeling overwhelmed and exhausted because there's so much information being bombarded at us from our screens and from our technology. Yeah. And at the risk of you know going back over old ground or drifting into a separate topic. Yeah, we should be taught this stuff, you know. I got taught about the Saxon invasion of the <laughs> south of England <laughs> ah. at one point. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever needed that. No. You know? I think I could have I could have benefited more from having those lessons. On emotional well-being, mental health.
1: Yeah. Also, yeah. teach me how to do a tax return.
0: You know, <laughs> I can tell you
1: Henry VIII's wives, but I, I didn't know how to do a tax return. Yeah, that's
0: very true. <laughs> Practical skills. Yeah. You know, real life skills. Street <laughs> smarts. Yeah. Well, maybe you know, maybe there are these things in schools now, and we're just so out of touch, we don't realise. Oh, it. Well, yeah, we don't have a clue. Yeah, it might be. maybe people can in the comments say, "Yeah, actually, I teach this class." Oh, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so we talked about. um, the role we we're going to talk about the role of mental health first aider because yeah. obviously we talked about what it what it entails, yeah. but the role of the mental health first aider, as we said, is not to diagnose, no. not to tell people what's wrong with them, not to cure them like a doctor, no. um, but primarily as a first point of contact when somebody's struggling.
1: Yes, that's yeah. exactly it, and and it's the way it was described is if you come across someone in crisis. Mm. Now, when I first heard that line. Um, I kind of thought about uh, my own personal experience with when when I've had what we would call cri- crises,
2: crises, crises, yes. crises,
1: multiple, multiple, yeah, crises, yeah. mental health crises, and it was always okay. Who was the first person that I came across that I interacted with? But this doesn't mean that you're just going to walk down the street and stumble upon someone in a crisis. The mm. way it was describing it to us was to was to read the warning signs of mm. people that you know. Colleagues, people that you interact with, yeah. and then kind of prevent anything rather than
0: well, the, yeah, jumping pre- later down prevent- the line. Yeah, this was the thing, wasn't it? The first step they were saying that the goal is to pr- preserve life. Yeah, to put in in its simplest terms, and and that is kind of to stop people spiralling downwards when mm. they're reaching that point of crisis. You know, I was I was at uh, Tesco's near the start of the lockdown, and there was a guy in the car park who I'm absolutely certain was a perfectly normal everyday person, you know, just going about his life, yeah. who was having what you would, you would swear was a mental breakdown in the yeah. car park, simply because <clears throat> he was in a conflict with somebody in that car park and he didn't have the capacity for it right now, you know, yeah. as many of us wouldn't in that situation. Oh, absolutely. And being able to recognise that, okay, what can I do to diffuse the situation? What can I do to help people recognise that there is, you know, time will continue after this. There yes. is, there is a, a next chapter, so to, so to speak. Yeah. You know? um, and, and so that was the first thing they said is that's the first part of what is to preserve life. And then I think as your sort of towards, provide some sort of comfort and support on, on some level.
2: Yeah,
1: so you're not you're not going to be going up to them saying, "Hey, what? Tell me everything that's wrong."
0: Mm,
2: you mm. know,
1: that's not So, I hear you're depressed, <laughs> <laughs> which is genuinely what someone said to me once.
0: Um, <laughs> as we know, well, you know what? I said to the therapist, "You've got to get <laughs> <out, you>
1: know? <laughs> I me mean, So I hear you're depressed. Want to talk to me about it? Like that's not how you start a conversation.
0: <laughs> you know, the
1: easiest one and the one they said to us was just the whole how are you doing? Yeah. Like, are you okay? Is yeah, everything yeah, yeah. all right?
0: And there was that thing recently, wasn't there, in, the, in on social media and in the press about asking twice.
1: Yeah, so you ask, literally, don't do it. Don't do it. And that's not by way of saying, are you all right? Are you all right?
0: Yeah. Are you sure? Because you look really bad. You, <laughs> know, you seem to be. You look tired. The <laughs> that's the
1: one. Are you all right? You look a bit tired. Like, I'm aware I look like shit. Leave me alone today. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> didn't ask your opinion Karen cheers
0: <laughs> they're saying it because they care okay, mm, that's, that's it yeah <laughs> so when I say babe you look rough this morning that's because I care
1: and then yes. because I punch you in the face that's because <laughs> I care as well <laughs>
0: um,
1: saying things like preserve life sounds really scary it sounds like you're going to be the one encountering yeah. somebody about to do something absolutely ridiculous and you know what maybe one of you will be you know but the the chances are are quite low
0: yeah it is this is we should say this isn't it it's like it's going to be extremely extremely rare that you are in front of somebody and you're like, wow, I'm concerned that they're going to do something drastic. now."
1: I mean, obviously, I I can only speak from personal experience. And if you've listened to my TED Talk, this will not come as a surprise to you. If you haven't, I recommend going to watch it. It's called Courage to Continue. It's in my previous name, Brick Wyatt, on uh, YouTube. Um, But I was that person standing on the ledge on top of a car park roof, ready to to jump ready to 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 end end my own life and and I'd I'd had enough (laughs) I'd I'd really had enough and what got me down off the ledge wasn't um wasn't someone with a megaphone saying you know (laughs) don't do this you know it wasn't like you see in Hollywood it wasn't as it was it was literally a security guard had come out onto the roof I heard him behind me and I didn't want him going home and Telling his family what he'd seen, I didn't want to traumatise anyone with my trauma,
2: mm, you
1: know. Yeah. Um. And that's all he needed to do. And that sounds really basic, but mm. he was just there. Yeah. You know. And if 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 he did if I'd have actually stuck around long enough for him to have a conversation, maybe he would have asked me if I'm right. Like maybe yeah. he would have, because he seemed nice. But <laughs> but he was just there. Yeah. And I think that's what this I found the course kind of showed. Just be there.
0: Yeah. And also the the ability to to hear. Yes. person yeah. and you know listening with a mind to hearing what they're saying when I talk to my guys about building rapport because obviously whenever you do any sort of co- kind of coaching or therapy and you could argue whenever you're interacting in any business or profession with your client base or anything like that developing some level of rapport with yeah. the person is the fun is the cornerstone it's the building blocks of everything that we do yeah. um, but I'm always saying to my lot that the way we build rapport is we have a genuine interest in the person in front of us Yeah. because if we have a genuine interest <clears> then what happens is we naturally start to do the things to connect with that person yeah and when we're at that point of crisis where we feel like we have very little option mm. just somebody saying well I'm listening to you yeah and I, I'm here to hear your story and to hear what you want to tell me right now
1: mm. it's that thing isn't it that when you're talking to some. there's a big difference between somebody listening to you and yeah. somebody waiting for their opportunity to speak.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's one of the things that I learned and it's about it's about honestly just shutting up, <laughs> just
0: being quiet yeah, it is. and a listening. a message to me now. Is, what <laughs> yeah, is, it, is, it, is that what I'm doing? You're just waiting for my opportunity to speak. I tell is
1: you that, what, <laughs> if, if, if we're going to go into this box, we'll go into this. Uh-oh. But when early on in our relationship
0: yeah,
1: and I would come to you with my concerns, my problems, my mental health fears, mm. you very quickly went into therapist mode.
2: Mm. You
1: went into the, you know, trying to solve things. Mm. And really, you know, over the years that we've been together, you've learned that for me particularly, obviously for other people, it would be maybe yeah. different strategies. Yeah. But for me particularly, I just sometimes need to have a moan about the thing.
0: Yeah. And yeah. then I'll be okay. Well, this is it. There's, there's a very different framework between somebody that comes to someone like me for solutions. Let's work on this. Let's get this changed and somebody you just end up in a conversation with because they're struggling right now. Mm. They're not necessarily there for solutions, for answers. They're first and foremost there to be heard. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the, the third thing that that is on the kind of the role of the mental health first aid at that list that we were given mm. is preventing from getting worse. Yes. So it's almost like being in their space and saying, right, I've, I've got you. So I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of, by the way, I'm gesturing with my hands. <laughs> but it's obviously, it's like a metaphorical holding of them, you know, it's like, I'm here with you right now. We're in this space. We're not gonna let it get any worse right
1: now. Yeah, and okay, Tim, you won't understand this. Okay. But any any girls listening will understand this. And I'm not saying this in a sexist way, um, but you'll see what I mean. But I found the whole thing about being a mental health first aider feels to me like, okay, girls, picture it. You're on a night out, it's been a long time for me, but you're on a night out and uh you're in a you're in a pub, or in a club or you're somewhere, and you go to the toilet. You go to the girl's bathroom um, and standing by the sink is a girl, bit drunk. She's crying because her boyfriend has been an ass, Right. What do you do? You know, as a girl, you will always, oh, my God, are you all right? You know, is everything okay? You know, you'll put your arm around it. And I've always maintained that I wish the world was as friendly as drunk girls are to each other in bathrooms it's 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 a thing it's it's a culture it's something i'm very proud of i have gone into club toilets Mm. and come out and made lifelong friends that i will never speak to again but you know it's it's that thing of you if you saw someone crying it's that instinct that makes you go are you all right Mm. now the problem is is that most people and i again i'm generalizing i know everyone's different mm. but most people when they're struggling mentally yeah. they won't just be standing there crying obviously there's something wrong
0: yeah yeah, yeah. you know
1: it's it's a lot more subtle than that yeah. and like i say especially when i was struggling and people close to me didn't even know that i was depressed well
0: let's let's talk about the signs of when mm. somebody's struggling because we talked a little bit about that on the course didn't yeah we? i should say as well just before we go on Uh, The men's toilets is a is a different experience, a vastly different atmosphere. (laughs) I I feel you know if there is if there is any consoling and connecting going on in men's toilets, it's probably not the kind that's uh, that's going to (laughs) be. Honestly,
1: I have spoken to drunk girls' boyfriends on the phone saying, "Listen here, (laughs) Stephen, she's too good for you, and you need to you need to no, no, I'm telling him, I'm telling you, you need to step up, Stephen." Like I have done that,
0: and Stephen's like, "Um, "Who is this?"
1: I have. It's a thing. I have done that.
0: Brilliant. I bet you, have, actually yeah. <laughs> um, Also, you? the
1: next morning when I check my phone and I've got like six new Facebook friends, and I'm like, "Who are these women?"
0: And it's all it's,
1: it's all women from bathrooms.
0: It's all the people whose relationships you counseled in that in that.
1: Matter. Yeah, one of my favourite things is that is what you do is you compliment. It's like, "Oh my god, I love your dress." I love your dress, and you can barely stand up yourself. You're just like, your dress is really nice. You look so good. On you. you look like a goddess. You look
0: amazing.
1: <laughs> I've received more compliments in girls' toilets than I think I have anywhere else in my life.
0: I haven't received many compliments in men's toilets. <laughs> like, to I'm just, I'm just Maybe memory you're stuff. going
1: to the wrong clubs.
0: Maybe
1: I go to the wrong clubs. Like I
2: go to clubs.
0: <laughs> like I've been to a club since the 90s. Since or the something. 80s. The 80s, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, probably. To be fair. Um, anyway, right, so yeah, the signs then of when somebody might be struggling because yeah. um, I think these are important, and it's fair to say, and I, and I think Andy said this at the start of the course as well it's like all of these things also are signs of just people living yeah. life. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's a bit of a, a difficult one to. You know, categorically say, "Oh, that's a sign that they're struggling." Yes, but you know what? It's it's a good idea to be be mindful of these things yeah. because even if this isn't a sign of somebody struggling with their their mental well being, yeah, um, it might be a sign that they could do with a conversation.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know what I mean,
0: um, but anyway, first thing: losing interest in things they would normally have a great deal of interest in.
1: I mean, that's just me all over, isn't it?
0: Well, I'm gonna, I was going to say, I, th- I think the list we're about to go through, we all might recognise <laughs> because of, the, you know, the panini and, ah. um, that's going on at the moment. So we might experience, you know, these sorts of uh, feelings and responses because, oh. yeah, you know what, we might be struggling at the yeah. moment. And I should say as well, before I go through this list, um, my business organisation I'm part of, you know, my business networking group. I tell you something, it's a little microcosm of the world. Yeah, you see different (laughs) trades, different walks of life, different backgrounds, different beliefs, and you get this little cross this little core sample Mm. of the world at the moment. Mm. And I tell you something, people are struggling even when they're not realizing it at the moment. And what happens is relationships get fraught Mm. and you end up responding in ways that when you look back on it, you'll think, wow. That seems really out of character for me. That yeah. seems almost like what what on earth was going on there? And you know what's going on a global pandemic. Yeah. And the protracted effects of, of this strange time in their yeah. lives. You yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so losing interesting things. Yeah. So if you if you spot people that are kind of just you know disengaging from the things they would normally engage with, and um, underperforming at work for no apparent reason.
1: Yeah. You might just hate your job.
0: With that? Yeah. That might be. Yeah. You might be just done with it. You're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was not meant to be here for yeah. more than six months. And yeah, you know, and ten years later, so we've, <laughs> we've all been there. Um, you might be feeling exhausted, but at the same time, a little bit restless. I actually know that one. Like yeah, that's
1: that's one that I that I absolutely feel like, yeah. and that's the one one of the ones that I when I know, okay, I need to check. I need to have a look what's going on because I'll just be tired all the time. Yeah. Um, and when I'm in bed. I'll be right. I need to get up. I need to go do stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know. Whereas normally, if you're when you're tired and you get to bed, all you want to do is go to sleep. Whereas mm. I'd be tired and I'd go to bed and I'd start thinking about
0: everything. This is the, if you if anyone out there listening to this is currently on a daily basis bouncing with energy, feeling awesome, then you are smashing it, my friend. Because most people on the planet right now mm. are very tired. Mm. They're exhausted because there's a lot less stuff that we can just deal with without thinking about yeah. it. It, this is a very much um, everything is in a, a transient mode it keeps changing it keeps altering and in no small way either you know the decision about whether we can go into a shop or not keeps changing from <laughs> a regular basis you know it
2: sounds insane and also insane. How, how we
0: manage the interactions with people mm-hmm. and, and the person that we go into that situation with how are we meant to behave what can we contact can yeah. we knock and all that sort of stuff and also, the long-term knock-on implications of all of this stuff. Yeah. So we're having to manage this consciously a lot of the time. Mm. We've got a lot more concerns buzzing around in our mind. That leaves us exhausted. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, where it is actually a, a kind of a place of anxiety that we exist in when there's lots to go, lots to manage. Yeah what it means is that we're we're kind of adrenalised whilst being exhausted. It's Which is bit... then
1: making us more tired.
0: Exactly. So it's a bit of a vicious cycle, unfortunately. Yeah. When
1: you're when you're thinking about stuff, people people don't don't realize that thinking about things knackers you out <laughs> just like doing physical things oh god yes just because you're not you haven't gone for a, a 10k run yeah. but you've sat there contemplating your life decisions oh i'm tired i wonder why you know it's yeah it's exactly
0: that. exactly it's a lot more exhausting than people realize and also there's a lot going on that they're not realizing in terms of mentally at the moment
1: yeah so i feel like if you're listening to this and you've been you've been emotionally fraught lately because who hasn't and as a result you're tired and you found yourself at any point over the past few weeks going why am I so tired lately yeah this is it yeah. and this is your permission to rest
0: and this is what we're talking about that's what looking after your mental health is about
2: absolutely it's not
0: that oh the stress has caused me to become mentally ill it's no. like no no I'm realising that I'm exhausted, I need to grant myself a bit of time, a bit of space, yeah. you know, give myself permission to shut down a little bit. Um, I, I talk to people all the time wondering why the tasks they used to perform quite easily, they're finding a struggle at yeah. the moment. And yeah. push. Exactly. I and mean, that's all it's because all, Everything's going on. Um, another, another, I was going to say symptom, is mm. symptom
2: the right word? Sign.
0: Sign. Indicator. Yeah. Um, might be isolating from people, not wanting to socialise.
2: Mm.
1: There yeah. are those of
0: us that, you know. I, know... I know you don't really like people anyway, do you? <laughs> I'm, I don't. I
1: yeah. don't. I know that makes me sound really miserable, but I just, I'm not a people person. I, I remember when I, um,
0: I I met you and I was like, wow, you have so many friends that you talk to every day online, you <laughs> message them, you've got a great social... And you said, yeah, I'm really, I'm really good at socialising on the internet. It's the outer net that I struggle <laughs> with. And
1: I maintain that. Yeah. I don't like the outer net. Yeah, you yeah. know, my friend told me I should get a life. I asked him to send me a link.
0: Amazing. (laughs) Um, Okay, the other another couple of things you might find yourself with a decreased or increased appetite, a shift in your normal appetite. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's for for several reasons. We can do comfort eating, can't we? Yeah. Or we can find ourselves not hungry because we are in a stress stress state. Yeah. And that obviously, when we and just to explain that, when we go into a stress state. We lose our appetite because our body's focusing on, you know, survival and taking action rather than sustaining itself with food. Yeah. Um, And the last one, a reduced or increased sex drive.
2: Hello.
1: (laughs) At some point on this grown-up podcast, we'll mention something to do with sex, and I won't. Put and on a silly voice, and I won't giggle. <laughs> that day is not today,
0: <laughs> but it was, it was really interesting to me. I thought I've, I've heard about a reduced sex drive. When Increased we're struggling.
1: one, I thought was yeah, I was mean,
0: odd because I'll be honest, you
1: know, as my husband, you'll know this, but when I'm not in a great way, yeah, you can stay away from me. Well, this is it. I
0: mean, <laughs> I mean, when. If I'd have experienced like any time you felt in a depressive mood, you turned into a sex piece. Then I <laughs> that would be a different a different framework for a relationship. I feel. No, meanwhile, I'm like, I'll go sleep in the spare room. <laughs> <laughs> but, I th- but I thought it was interesting. i yeah. not actually. I haven't always associated. Um, mental struggles with an increased increase. sex drive yeah
1: no me neither unless
0: you're talking about people like you know Ted Bundy or something like that oh which Jesus you know which um, but having said that I, sh- I should stress disclaimer I'm not saying that if you do have an increased sex drive when you're feeling like you're Ted Bundy, you're Ted Bundy yeah. <laughs> um, but also I was going to say Pop it in the comments. Do you have an increased sex drive? I know <laughs> um, but I, I've not even noticed that one, so I'm, I've not been aware of that. So I thought it was a very interesting thing to Yeah, to no, highlight. I agree.
2: Okay. But I think
0: basically what it's saying there is is when there's a shift in your normal patterns of response and behaviour, it mm-hmm. could be an indicator that there's some different processing going on in yeah. your mind at the moment, and you're, you know, you're, you're responding to that in mm, some way. Absolutely. The thing I found interesting, um, and I know we've spoken about this many times over the years, um Andy was very keen to distinguish between things like anxiety
2: hmm.
0: and clinical anxiety. And I feel like one of them wears a white coat. <laughs> oh exactly, yeah, hello. Okay, anxiety. Um it's serious now. But and this was an interesting one for me because you know, anyone that's seen my TED talk will know that I, I really Oh we've
1: all done a TED talk.
0: <laughs> I'm just so pleased I could say it. Do you know what I mean? It's that like I went I went forty five years unable to say the phrase as I said in my TED talk. <laughs> And there, are
1: certain, there are certain things we're allowed to say, you know, as I said in my TED talk, as I said in my Amazon number one best selling book, you know, there, there are certain things we're allowed to say.
0: We worked hard. Yeah, it never gets old, does it? Never. It, it never gets hard. Um, but the point being that I, I'm like, well, anxiety is anxiety. It's mm. an emotion. Sometimes it gets higher. Sometimes it gets lower. Yes. But when I know that one of my practitioners questioned Andy on it, she was like, what, what do you mean by clinical anxiety? How are you defining between that? And Andy was like, well, if it's been diagnosed. Mm. Now, I thought that was... I, I think Andy was, was ready to accept that was an arbitrary distinction because it's like, okay, who's given you that diagnosis? No, exactly. How much did they find out about you before they decided this was your diagnosis? You yeah, know? I think any mental health diagnosis is inevitably has the potential of creating a negative emotional response for you.
1: Yeah, and I, I do understand, Andy made the distinction as well, that I can understand from a different point of view, which I'll explain, but I can understand how diagnosis diagnoses? Yeah, go on. Yeah. Diagnoses. We'll go with that. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a word. Um... I understand how they can help people with the process, Yeah, completely get that, completely get that. But I also know how they can hinder people with the process as well. So myself, for example, I have hypermobility syndrome. And whilst I'm maybe not, um, I don't... I don't class myself as having a disability. I don't class myself even though I think it is technically, you know, I yeah. you know, I, I have a key for the, the public toilets if that helps. But um and it, it's technically classed that, but I don't think of myself in that way particularly. Yeah. But I know I have hypermobility syndrome and mm. when I looked into it, um, I read a lot of scary things that maybe I, I didn't want to read, particularly you know, about degenerative joints and stuff that like yeah. standard, but I read a lot of stuff that will actually be really, really good for me on a preventative measure. Yeah, I get it. So I, I did the research and I found out. Okay, these things help. These things don't. I'll do more of the things that help.
0: Yeah, I think this is this is the thing that's worth saying as well that uh, Andy made the point that his diagnoses when he was diagnosed with depression and anxiety at a later stage, I think, uh, clinical anxiety. Um, it helped him, because it helped him, he could then say, right, okay, that's why I feel this way. Absolutely. You know? And I think there's, it's a different discussion, the origins of uh, a high anxiety response or a depressive outlook. Mm. That's a different discussion. But I think for him, it helped him to say, right, now I can do the things to manage this particular issue that I have. Or something yes. like that. Now, my argument is always, you know, don't manage your condition manage you yeah manage your mental health because you're going to get a lot more benefit from just working with what you know makes you struggle and what you know provides you with support and help and makes you feel better because if you just operate on your diagnosis then you're gonna be reading a lot about how you should be feeling how you should be behaving and
1: you can talk yourself into
2: all of that
0: this is the problem yeah yeah we it's like if we ask our mind to operate within the confines of a certain condition or a, a certain diagnosis, mm. then it doesn't necessarily try and operate outside of those confines.
1: Yeah, you know? it accepts it.
0: It, it creates boundaries that, that then, you know, it's like the glass ceiling thing, you know, mm. it, it's there because it's there in our mind.
1: Oh, you know? absolutely, you know, and, and I, I know it's not the same thing, but to relate it to, to my hypermobility, for example, well, yeah. you know, uh, where I am in my 30s, I know, I know my hypermobility I know it gets worse as you get older. I'm aware yeah. of that, but I'm not. I'm not talking myself into it. I'm not going to be like, oh, well, I'm nearly thirty three. That means I'm at this stage of it. Yeah. You know? And also, I've read things like things like yoga, which yeah. I love. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we got to be careful doing that, and things yeah. like you know the circus training that I do. Oh, we got to be careful, but I but I do it, and it makes me stronger, and it makes me better. Mm-hmm. So it's not. I don't want to live within the confines of it. I yeah. just use it as an informational basis, and I think yeah. that's kind of what people who are diagnosed with, you know, depression, like I was, Mm. anxiety, like I was, Mm. should look at it as, uh, okay, what can I learn from this, rather than, okay, what are my limitations? Uh, That's
0: exactly the point. And and it's worth saying as well that any any of us who end up in a conversation with somebody, supporting them with their current crisis, if Mm. you like, It doesn't matter whether they've been diagnosed as depressed or anxious. It doesn't mean, oh, I can't talk to you, I'm afraid. Absolutely. Because you're always going to benefit from having a conversation with somebody who cares enough to listen.
1: Yeah, even people who wouldn't self-confess that they are struggling mentally. Do you know what I mean? Even people that you're like, oh, no, they're fine. Yeah. Just having a conversation with them. can do wonders even if they're not you know we're not here to gatekeep people's mental
2: health yeah yeah. you know
1: and i really despise the oh well you're not depressed enough you're not anxious enough if you're fine now you were never depressed you know i despise all of that gatekeeping if someone says to you they're struggling guess what hun they're struggling and this is the thing the number
0: of times that i've spoken to people in the last 18 months who didn't need a diagnosis they Mm. didn't need a session with me Mm. they just needed to tell me what's going on with them right now and me be able to say, Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I can understand why you're feeling that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and once we know that there's nothing, I don't know, in inverted commas wrong with us. Yeah. Then we can start okay, let me start to manage this mental health thing then. Yes. Let me start to manage what's going on in my mind in my life. You Absolutely. And um, then, then we it empowers us I think to do a little bit more and, and be a little bit better to ourselves, you know.
1: And I know obviously some people will will not wanna talk because well we learned about stigma, didn't we?
0: Yeah, yeah. We
1: learned about the two different types of stigma, one that we knew about and one that we maybe didn't necessarily think about.
0: Well, that's right, because it was interesting, there was a distinction on the course between those two types. One, we were referring to as social stigma, mm. which I think is the stigma we talk about, isn't it? Yes. People are afraid to come forward because they will be judged. Yeah,
1: because of what other people may think. And
0: there was a very uh, a very convenient photo, an <laughs> appropriate photo in the manual that showed um, one one girl looking sad and depressed yes. and then on the other table were all her workmates side-eyeing her judgmentally yeah. uh, to illustrate the point that we don't come forward because we fear this is the way we'll be treated really. I'd love
1: to have been there on that photo shoot yeah. right if you could all just look at her like she's stolen the last Twix out of the company box. <laughs> Thank
0: you. I'd have been like, well, what's my motivation? What? In what <laughs> is she wrong it um, She stole
1: I, your Twix. That's it. Well, no, I,
0: I feel like probably a couple of privileged family. I feel like I'm... Uh, <laughs> I you of need legs. a whole backstory. That's it. I've never really struggled mentally. I don't understand what's going on with them. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but this is the thing. So the social stigma. But then the more impactful thing, I think, is the self-stigma. Yes. And that's the, the stigma we impose upon ourselves. Yeah. Which stops us reaching out.
1: And the difference with self stigma I find is that it can go it can go many ways it can go the way of um I'm so broken that nobody can help me yeah. and oh I'm not I'm not ill enough for anyone to help me you yeah. know there's yeah, and, there's then, that side of the case, yeah and then there's like a reluctance to get help because well what does that mean if I've got help then that mm. means that I'm I'm down a path I can't come back from uh, you know exactly. it's just the self-stigma really is just giving yourself shit when
0: you don't need to. Exactly, when those thoughts about not being good enough or not being worth caring for, stuff yeah. like that. And, and you know, I think you get this a lot from guys. Mm. One of the stats that they, they brought forward on the, on the course there was that it was something like... Um, most it's mostly women that experience depression, mm. but it's mostly men that kill themselves. Mm. Yeah. And and I think that's telling because um women hopefully feel feel more able to reach out and feel but I think women are more are more comfortable being vulnerable in that way often yeah. feeling like I need help with something. Yeah. And guys we're just like all you know, we're like these toxic monsters that feel like we have to be constantly Powerful and you know and, and be the the stiff upper lip sort of thing and winning bread yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> winning <bread>. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then, you know, it, 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 it stops us reaching out. And yeah. that's the self-stigma. That's the idea that if I if I declare this, then there's something wrong with me.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, talking about stigma, when I um, was suffering with depression and I was working in an office job, mm-hmm. uh, the only person I could talk to really was my line manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was brilliant. I just want to point that out. He was fantastic. He was really, really nice. But he kind of said to me... Um, if we just keep this between us you know it was yeah. very much it was a secret it had to be a secret yeah. and and i didn't like that and then i was go- i was going home early because i had you know I, I think i had um a counselor appointment at that yeah. point i think i was actually seeing somebody and um and one of the the ceo managing director guys who was just around yeah. um went to, to stop me at the top of the stairs and he was like where are you going um, and then my line manager was also around, and he was like, "Oh, um, Brits just taking a half personal day. She's got some things that she needs to sort out." I don't know. He stumbled over his words a bit, mm. and this managing director went, Huh, oh, not mental, are you, Brit?" Like that. <laughs> Really? And I didn't know how to answer it. I was like, yes.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Chris Morris's character from uh, the IT program. He,
1: yes, that's exactly who it is. It was very much like that. And I just sort of was like, <laughs> And I left to go to my counselling appointment.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing, isn't it? Um, it? It is one of those things. I mean, we talked about mental health in the workplace, well, didn't we? Yes, and, um, we did. and how we can do things to uh, encourage a positive dialogue regarding our mental health.
1: I feel we have a positive dialogue in our workplace for mental health.
0: What, you, what, what, what? the kitchen? The kitchen, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's <laughs> but, well, I suppose hence the podcast. I mean, you don't have to start a podcast on it. Obviously, that's not the no. That's not a, a, a prerequisite of uh, talking about mental health. But I do. So I'm, I do a lot of presentations to companies at the moment because yes. it's starting to be one of those things that companies are recognising. Um, you know, more than fifty percent of long-term absences are stress-related. Mm. You know, and that, that's your mental health we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Now, well, it's like mean? I did. Um, I did a talk recently with uh, the Department for Education because they're making a real big push about mental health in the workplace and what I think it's great because you know we've gone from a you know oh let's just keep this between you and me to now company-wide sitting down talking about it and and I think you know we still have a long way to go we still have a long way to go but we're getting there and we're getting there closer and closer every day yeah and I think things like mental health first aid courses and having maybe a designated mental health first aider in your workplace. Yes could really help you know yeah. I, I do think it's one of those things that if if what we've said you know and what we're saying now is something that you think actually i think my work could benefit from that mm. speak to your manager yeah. speak to someone at work and say i'd like to do this course because andy mm. was saying wasn't he that you can do the course and become sort of in the same way that a company will have a registered physical health first aider, yes. you could become the company registered mental health first yep. aider. Absolutely. and i think you know i just i think that's a really really good thing to do
0: well we see the role that i'm playing for companies is they've got their mental health first aider but they want to encourage positive dialogue so that people will feel like when i need to go to my mental health first aider it will be okay to do so Mm. so we, we run sessions and we talk about this stuff and we cover a little bit of education about it all and as a result hopefully it creates a little bit more of a positive workplace environment when it comes to talking about stress and anxiety and low feelings and negative thoughts and things like that yeah if we set up a nice environment then we don't need that mental health first aid so often because we can manage our mental health absolutely Um, because after all when you're in a workplace it should be a team environment shouldn't it you should Hmm. be there for each other I think all too often the people around us end up being antagonists rather than protagonists in our story do you know what I mean they end up being the the thing that causes us stress rather than the thing that supports us through it
1: absolutely so when I did did a little Q&A on my Instagram a little while back and it was it was just a thing of tell me something you want my advice on it, it was something like that and, yeah. and someone had, had written in and said I'm being bullied at work and I don't know what to do about it yeah. now first of all I'm like give me their name I just want to talk you know <laughs> yeah. um but I, I I despise you know I hate bullies you know um, there you know
0: like Captain America, Captain America yes. reference excellent get in it's been a while we <laughs> haven't had a Captain America reference for a while which is funny
1: because the way you're sitting you're currently below Uh, replica of the Captain America shield
0: I I do like to imagine myself always having the shield just behind (laughs) me but
1: anyway Anyway, and I was very much like that's not acceptable you know speak to your manager and I know some people are scared to speak out Um, but you know we were a lot of us were bullied at school yeah you know and as awful as it is it's a thing that happens because kids Mm -hmm. are horrible yeah but that that shit should stay at school, yes. it should not be
0: following you into the work. No, it doesn't, you don't have to put up with that anymore. No. The other thing to remember is, when we're at school, we don't get the option to just not go to school mm. because we have, we haven't got that sort of autonomy or that sort of agency in our life. Mm. When we're an adult, if our work environment is rubbish, if we can't change the environment, if the people that we're talking to about the environment aren't listening, right, well, we can go somewhere else. Yeah, you know, we have that autonomy. I leave. Yeah, <laughs> we can to do that. So, and and again, it's about valuing ourselves enough to take those steps mm. and say, no, I'm, I'm worth more than. Mm. i'll go somewhere I'm
2: valued yeah you know?
1: and one of the things as well that we we learned on on the course mm. um as we said earlier when if you're scared to say the wrong thing and just saying anything it's mm. it sounds silly and it sounds redu- reductive to mm. say it's common sense mm. but if you think about it you know if you wanted to start a conversation with someone you would just you would do it gently you know you wouldn't say are you mental
0: (laughs) hopefully you wouldn't hopefully
1: you wouldn't not like that guy no
0: I won't what what have we learned from that (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, welcome look we're coming. We're coming near the end of this. this. Yeah. Obviously, we've only—it's a skimming stone over the yeah. stuff that we learned on the day. And if you feel like it's something you'd like to do, then we'll put maybe we'll put the link to Andy's course in the in the in the, the yeah. description or something so that people can get in touch with him because i strongly recommend it. I highly, you know, it just—it's a great experience, and you feel like you've really learned something of value when you come away from it.
1: And you get a nice certificate. You do not actually—you don't get a certificate just for attending. You have to have an assessment, which we had, and we both yeah. passed.
0: It's not a difficult assessment. Let's, let's be, if, if you're thinking, oh, no, I don't want to do a test, trust me, it's not tricky. Yeah? <laughs> I, I think everyone... But valuable, but, but valuable. we earned it. Well, exactly. It just checks you've been listening and that you've learned what you need to learn.
2: Exactly. And here's, here's
0: the main point of what you need to learn is the action plan. Nice. Which I'm, we, I'd like us to finish off with now. Okay. The care, care action. Pack. The care action pack. It's an acronym. C A R E.
1: Tim loves an acronym.
0: I do. I've you know I've fond them. I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to. Um, but yeah, ma- again, massively shoehorned into an acronym, as all the best acronyms are. I feel like
2: what, what the control system
0: really. Well, there. Well, that was o- that organic. That it just developed into those seven <laughs> letters that spell out control. Anyway, uh, don't get me on the soapbox about that one. Right. So the first thing, C stands for check for risk.
1: Yeah. So you would check for risk of... I was listening on the course. I did start. <laughs> yeah. But you would... You know what it is? Throw me off because you looked at me like you were handing over to me and I was ready to just listen to you brilliant, for the next brilliant, five minutes. Yeah, and
0: then suddenly you're in that exam room again <laughs> doing the test. No, yeah, so Check. You've got to check for imminent danger of yes. self-harm or suicide or stuff like that. To
1: yourself that. and to others as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Making sure you're not at risk. That's the other thing. That's exactly the yeah.
1: same thing with physical... Uh, First aid yeah. as well. You know, it's one thing giving someone first aid who's fallen over in the street. Yeah. It's another thing trying to help someone who's maybe laying on railroad tracks unconscious. Precisely, you know? yeah. You know,
0: we did, we talk about, you know, if we genuinely feel someone is at risk, what we might we do in terms of calling emergency services nine nine nine, or yeah. reaching out to, yeah. to um, what is it, 111? Uh, 111, one 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 one, yeah. yeah. Um, things like that. But as we said before, it'll be quite rare that we'll feel that it's that state of emergency yes. where we have to now call an ambulance. If yeah.
1: in doubt, always call 999. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Just if in doubt.
0: Yeah, I think I think um, who is it um, again? Another friend of ours whose partner is a paramedic. Claire, yeah. She was making the point to us that he always says that we're never going to be upset if you called emergency services, but then it turned out it wasn't necessary. Yeah, so if he felt
1: it was necessary, yeah,
0: make the call. It's much better to get it wrong that way round <laughs> than the other God, way round. God, yeah, you know? exactly. Um, okay, the A stands for apply. Non-judgmental communication skills.
1: Have a conversation. <laughs> ask if they're all right. Are you okay? Yeah. Are you exactly. sure you're okay?
0: Open questions. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Open questions. questions. You want to, you want to say how you're feeling rather than <laughs> anxious, nervous, worried, that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> Do not say anxious, nervous, worried. <laughs> no, exactly. But again, and the, the whole non-judgmental communication skills. That's that's covered on the the training. But it is very much about being there, present with somebody, being in yeah. the space, allowing them the space to talk, yes. and hearing what they're saying. Um, and you know, expressing some degree of empathy as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain things we won't be able to empathise with because we're all unique human beings with our own unique experiences. Yeah.
1: Granny or goldfish, wasn't
0: it? Granny goldfish. What, what was <laughs> that referring to?
1: It was. Um...
0: Oh, no, that was it. Um, <laughs> Where the. So he said, that, yeah, you might have somebody who's, who's dealt with the death of a relative. Yeah. And it's not a great idea to say, well, you know, I lost my hamster last year, so yeah. that, I know <laughs> what you're going hamster, through. That yeah, was... that, that doesn't mean you know what they're going through if you're the hamster died. Yes. Yeah, as <laughs>
1: much as uh, Sir Bartholomew Chungus Ginger Third is probably a wonderful <laughs> hamster, maybe don't compare the hamster to yes. the, the grandmother who's just died. Exactly. So
0: showing empathy is more about the ability to comprehend and and, be, um, and validate the way they feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, the R stands for reassure. Yes, and you can reassure them in many, many ways. Yeah. Um, so Andy said the thing he likes to remind people is that one in four people every year will experience some form of mental health struggle,
1: which is an insane number. Yeah, isn't it? One in four.
0: <laughs> no pun intended. Oh God!
1: Yeah, no, sorry, that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Just to reassure them that things will be okay.
0: Yeah, this is the thing. The we'll- world
1: will keep turning. And yes. things
0: will be okay. Exactly. There are better times ahead, things like that, mm. Or also, or simply reassure them that I'm here now and there's help coming as well. Yes. You know, that sort of thing. So you're we've got you now, yeah. yeah. Um the last one, E uh, encourage them to seek out professional support and even signposting towards that professional support. Yes. When they should need
1: so offering suggestions of things like maybe seeing people like yourself or people like, you know, yeah, your absolutely. practitioners or call you know, if, if in doubt, calling the Samaritans or, or getting yeah. them to speak out to, to someone maybe close to them. If this is a colleague, you know, mm. maybe encourage them to speak to a, a family member or a mm. relative or so, you know something there, like there's that. There's
0: so much out there available. Um and you I absolutely guarantee there'll be people listening to this and said, Oh, it was rubbish for me when I run this number or got in touch with this organization oh, yeah but you've got to remember that it isn't so much about what the plan is it's more about there is a plan yes there is something to do I remember a lady contacted me one I think it was Friday afternoon saying she was having a mental health crisis she was desperate to see somebody mm. I happened to have had a cancellation for Monday morning yeah so I booked her in and she said well what am I going to do over the weekend yeah and I said to her well we've got a plan in place now. Yeah, You're coming to see me Monday morning. So yep. chill out for the weekend. You've yep. taken the action you needed to take to, to kind of move towards the light, as it were. Exactly. When she got there Monday morning, she said, I'm, I'm already feeling so much better.
1: It's sometimes just knowing where you're going. Yeah. I think it's, it's having, having that plan yeah. that sometimes yeah. just can settle you down a little bit.
0: And also, I think the thing that I, I very nearly missed when I was doing this, when I was learning this, encouraging self-help as well mm. and, and looking after your own mental health and, yeah you know the, all of the the common tropes there in terms of uh, nutrition and sleep and rest and downtime Fresh and all, air yeah exactly you know get, yeah, get, get, yourself, get yourself outside, outside <laughs> as we always say um you know that that sort of thing um yeah encouraging them to do that and, and managing what's going on with them a bit better.
1: yeah because you'll be surprised how much you can help yourself as well as seeking yeah. help
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and I think that's where it begins isn't it mm. you' you ultimately it's you that looks after you
2: yes and we have
0: to we have to bear that responsibility mm. yeah because sometimes I see a lot of people who have oh, maybe got into the habit of neglecting themselves
2: because mm.
0: the, um, they're
2: looking after other people exactly yeah. as if
0: they're not as worthy of their own attention and their own care as other people are yeah um, and you know that that can lead us down a dark road yeah uh, inevitably if we do reach a point of crisis it's normally incorporating somewhere a lack of self
2: care mm,
1: absolutely so just remember that you are worthy you know you are worth it you are worth love you are worth time you are worth care you are worth attention and just to not neglect yourself you know i i will say be kind to yourself Mm. every day for the rest of my life because mm. it's something I really truly believe because I've been kind to myself and I've been unkind to myself mm. and I know which one feels better
0: yeah yeah and you know what how you feel better about you afterwards as well if you display the attitude that you're worth caring for you know what you might just start to care about yourself huh.
1: yeah. that's nice
0: I'll give a little sound by there. Yeah, bit, I like no. it. No, I like
1: no. it. Well, as, as we said, basically, we, we, we did really enjoy the mental health first aid yeah, of course. Um, and, you know, it might be something that you'd like to, to look into doing. And if not, it's just one of those things just to remember that if someone is struggling and you don't know what to say, Anything is better than nothing. Absolutely,
0: just being there.
1: Just being yeah. there, and we are here for you guys. So thank you very much. And
0: talking of being here, where can people find us? I
1: was about to do that.
0: Oh, you were going. I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> I interrupted you about to do you that. stopped my to flow. Suggest you did you it. Stop yeah. my flow. Don't want to do it now. Do I you? hate that. <laughs> I hate. You know, when you're just
1: about to do something and someone goes, I do you do this?" Like, no, no, I don't want to now. <laughs> anyway thank you very much for listening guys you can come find us on instagram you can find me at Marie box and tim at tim box mind coach make sure to tag us when you're listening to the podcast we love knowing where you guys are when you're listening please do send us any of your comments questions by dm um, and if you've got any suggestions for upcoming topics just let us know that as well um, as always thank you very very much for listening we really really hope you've enjoyed it and keep thinking outside the box thanks guys bye, bye. bye.